Never go with a hippie to a second location. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 42 for the week of August 1st, 2011. I am straight shooter David T. Cole, and I'm here with gruff Hollywood legend Joe Reed. I already work around the clock. And sod housewife of rural Saskatchewan, Tara Ariano. Get out of the snowstorm! (laughs) (laughs) Dear Extra Hot Great, I could probably write you a long and detailed list of how I'm likely fucking up my kids for life, but I'm pretty sure that letting them listen to Extra Hot Great is not on said list. My son has Asperger's, which as I'm sure you know, means he'll grow up to cure cancer or count cards, but isn't so great with social stuff. We always listen to you guys in the car on the way to the shrink, and he loves you guys. I'm not sure if it's the sanctioned hearing of swearing or the Simpsons clips, but he asks me if there's been a new podcast since the last one as soon as we get in the car. He especially liked the I Am Not a Crackpot episode. So I wanted to say thanks for making me laugh and think at the same time, and for making my son laugh. Signed, Shelley, Valued Listener. I don't have anything in my eye. What? It's a thing. I know, you guys. Uh, thanks, Shelly. So, Thank you. I like that our casual swearing is appreciated as much as the other Seriously. things. Seriously. That's good. One would almost have to appreciate that as much as the other things to appreciate that. So before your son gets too busy solving the world's problems, such as curing cancer and uh, achieving world peace. Which are important. We've got uh, yeah. a few jobs for him. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Um, yeah, we can start with uh, stopping the Rock of Ages movie from achieving bad movie singularity. A fine cause. Yeah. I think uh, we can convince Gene Hackman, with your help, to start acting again or be available at least for birthday parties as Royal Tenenbaum. Yes. Uh, I would like to see him return Lindsay Lohan to her condition circa Mean Girls through science or magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, somehow find a way to liberate uh, Catherine Hahn and Anthony Stewart Head from that terrible looking Hank Azaria sitcom on NBC. All right. Here's the deal. I know you're listening in the car, but just start thinking about it now. You <laughs> got to find a cure for Fox canceling sci-fi shows too soon. You can either do it through a non-cancellation cure, or you can do it through a non-production cure. I'm not picky, but as long as we don't have to revisit the heartbreak time after time. Um, you could also incept Justin Timberlake with the idea that he should make another album. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, now this is a big one. It's going to take... it. I'm going to be honest with you. It might be bigger than curing cancer. <laughs> You're going to have to develop a high-potency antidote. To Seth MacFarlane shows. Yeah. Can't we agree that Seth MacFarlane shows are a cancer? He may need a research grant for that, but I say that as a cause worth uh, <laughs> supporting. So go forth and do your best. And unfortunately, uh, it's too late for our main topic of this week. Oh. That is yeah. Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. You know, I didn't mind it so much while I was watching it, but wow, it really fell out of my head as soon as we left the theater. Yeah, I I saw it on Saturday, and I haven't really given it a second thought since. And I didn't, like you, I didn't hate it. I thought Mm -hmm. it was fine. I was surprised at several points. I like, they had a few good jumps, which, you know. And after Harrison Ford starting off terrible in that sort of, I'm going to growl all the time, Mm -hmm. morning glory mode that he was in, he actually sort of acted a little bit you know i will say this though the uh with paul dano as his son percy yeah really made me think that that is a movie archetype that is 
I wouldn't say it's overused, but it is 100% effective all the time, which is the child of a powerful parent yeah. whose dickishness ruins it for everyone. Yeah. You see it with Nellie Olson on Little House on the Prairie. The Joaquin Phoenix that, character of Gladi- from Gladiator. Yeah. Don't forget, Francis! Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I had the others too. God. Oh, Amber Van Tussle from uh, Von Tussle from Hairspray. <gasps> sure. Yeah. So you see, like it's you know it's a it's a it's a good device. It to is use. a good device. And then they save the reveal that he's that his powerful father is the Harrison Ford character until you know a good a like while. probably they, fifteen minutes they hold into back the movie. On that for a bit, yeah. And I love that the uh, the resolution. Do you want to play the spoilers a ho song? Uh, do I ever? <laughs> Spoilers a ho, fun ahoy. So Percy gets snatched up by the aliens. We've seen we see this happen in the trailer, not to him, but to other characters. Other and so characters. so when they're recovered at the end, the solution to the fact that no one really wants to see his ass again is right. oh he got convenient amnesia. Right. He forgot how to be a dick all the time. We're, we're not going to bother to try and cure it because no. he's better this way. Right. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. No one remind him of how he used to <laughs> shoot up the main thoroughfare. Right. Exactly. Uh, um. Yeah, fine. Here's what I could have maybe done without. Uh, Olivia Wilde's one expression. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind I, of had my fill of that. Joe, I'm going to argue this point with you. Okay. I'm going to say Olivia Wilde is casting brilliance in this film. <laughs> because she is an alien in real she life. She does look like an alien. Okay. And you know, you joked about that. it, and then when it, you turned out to be right, it was pretty amazing. Well, I don't think that was a, a, a really... I, a few episodes ago, I said that... She, she was, I think it was on this podcast that she is the alien based on the right. trailer. I don't think that was a giant leap to make, but right. really, I'm just saying in real life, mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde, oh, not a nerfling. Yes. She is from space. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Somebody with a forehead that big isn't from this earth. Yeah. yeah. She her looks in, like her in the beak. This movie kind world. of sort of hammered home to me my occasional problems with Westerns as a genre, uh-huh. which I didn't think this movie was going to be that emblematic of the genre, but I think a lot of it comes down to that we're asked to sort of get on board with the protagonist for reasons that aren't really much beyond he's the main guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he's sort of, he doesn't say anything. He's a strong, silent type. He's just sort of like, he's basically the guy who ends up having to do the thing, whatever the thing in the movie is. (laughs) In this case, it's sort of, you know, fight the aliens. And I think most Western movies, that's kind of why I don't care. Cause it's just like, He's just a yeah, dude. The like, man without a name a is shit? like a proud Western tradition. Yeah. But you really have to be a certain level of cool to kind of pull it off. And yeah. I don't think Daniel Craig quite does it the way, say, like Clint Eastwood did it in the Fistful of Dollars trilogy or something like that. Like sure. There's something about... Wow. Also, he didn't have to fight aliens and yeah. whatever. Like the, 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 one of the things about this movie that I didn't like was like... As you were saying, like that main character i guess i'll root for him because he's just the right. main character and i like out. daniel craig and i think sure. he's fine in this but it's but there's no there's no real like beyond the fact that there's aliens and they like to kidnap people right like, there wasn't anything menacing about these aliens like i thought one of the things they really needed to do to fix this movie was to make some of the aliens characters sure because when you think about it as a western and a, you know there's big problems with it's there's two halves of this movie and they they're not you know, neither one of them are truly satisfying, neither as a Western or as a sci-fi. Yeah. But if if we replace the evil sheriff or you know, the visiting outlaws with one of these aliens and made them that character somehow and gave some of these aliens personalities beyond just being yeah. one of many, 
you know, alien equivalent of green army men, yeah, then it might have been a little more interesting. But otherwise, like it, yeah. the battle seemed inconsequential. It just seemed like it could have been yeah. a Civil War movie or something. Really. Here's another one expressioned actor I could maybe have done with less of. Uh, Adam Beach and his one look of, is it a sour grimace or is he about to cry? We don't know because it's not really that well defined. He was, he was the, the adopted American. son of oh, Harrison yeah. Ford. Right. Yeah. Well, my gen- generally, I was like this movie lacks spectacle. I thought, yes. you know, for a movie that was supposed to combine, yeah. you know, cowboys and all that with right. aliens, it was pretty dull. Even the fight scenes were pretty dull. Like, where was my equivalent of an alien versus Daniel Craig high noon scene? Yeah, I want yeah. that. You know what I ended up comparing it to a lot, and this is weird, but I kept thinking of Rango, uh-huh. which was didn't see it good though, right? Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. And it, that was very much definitely like a Western homage. And it sort of got around the main character problem because like the main character was this total fish out of water. Um, but I thought it was more exciting. You know, it was prettier to look at mm-hmm. with the animation and everything. And I just thought more interesting on the whole. And the other thing about, you know, going back to the character and, and a lot of the times these, you know, the, the, the man without a face is sort of like just can do no wrong, always hits his targets and all that kind of stuff. Like uh-huh. that was, you know, you compare Daniel Craig never missed a shot. He was always sort of like, you know, he got knocked out once sure. just in service of the story. But yeah, uh, like I kind of wish that in a setting where cowboys suddenly for the first time are fighting people from an alien race with yeah. laser weapons, yeah. that stuff went wrong more often for the well, character. You knew like, anytime they were in a pinch, you knew that that, bracelet of his was just gonna light up and save their asses and it happened every time without even like mixing it up with any kind of other things yeah so as a result all the the battle scenes which should have been what this movie was sold on yeah were kind of dull yeah it didn't really do it for me i'll give it credit for two things Mm -hmm. one was that i appreciated that the motivation for the aliens was very straightforward and not complicated Yes. Yes. They want gold. They love right. That's gold. true. They, they want gold. gold. Who doesn't why do want they, gold? Why do they want gold? Why not? Why not? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I like the design of their ship, the way it sort of blended into the to yeah. the landscape. Yeah. I thought yeah. that looked really canyon. cool. Well, yeah. and even the way it was sort of like uh, it kind of looked like a desert bug. Yeah. In that kind of way, with like the six arms and whatever, like that was really cool. I did. Like no, that. no, I meant their their base. Oh, their base. Oh, their, that the, was very the ship cool. That they arrived yeah, on, which looked like a rock formation. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Question about the whole the gold the 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 canyon camouflaged you know mining ship that mm-hmm. you were talking about. Sure. Inside the mining ship, they're mining gold through some sort of technology that involves device. levitating the molten gold out of the ground yeah, and it yeah. floats around. Yeah. So if they have levitation technology to the point where they can extract gold out of the ground how come they have to have lasso people i don't think that they were that it was levitating it looked to me like they had there were there were maybe this was just bad animation but it looked like there was some kind of filament that it, it was it was coming along it. all right i will sorry. say also one sorry thing. to fan wank it i don't even care about this movie <laughs> shallow observation to uh be my last thing about this i liked i appreciated being me uh, the fact that they decided to costume Daniel Craig in skinny jeans sure. and extra small uh, button downs mm-hmm. where they got to the point at the end where he was just like, oh, and now his shirt will conveniently like sort of burst open. As Anybody I said, hear me complaining about the breasts? As I said on Twitter, it reminded <laughs> me of that scene in A League of Their Own where yeah. Madonna's like, what happens if I just go to catch the ball and oops, my bosoms come flying <laughs> yeah. out? Like, that was nice. I liked mm-hmm. that. So I'm thinking Cowboys and Aliens, sort of a Saturday afternoon HBO catch. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, two two stars out of five. Yeah. Going from one topic to another Unappropriate segue makes it smooth as butter So Project Runway came back this week um, And I mentioned that I wanted to That I had put it in our little doc that we used to organize this show And Joe said, oh, okay, I'll watch it And I was like, what? <laughs> and then he said he hadn't watched all of last season Which I didn't was watch the Mondo Gretchen season. season And I was like, what? Yeah <laughs> I, um... I'm, I don't have a problem with people quitting shows. I quit shows all the time, sometimes in the middle of an episode. But I, I, as I said to Joe when, we were, when this conversation happened, yeah. I, I literally cannot imagine anything happening that would make me stop watching Project Runway. And I don't know yeah. if I have that kind of loyalty about any other reality show other than Hoarders. Not even I don't Tim, even Tim my, Gunn my strange first, addiction. I, yeah, I, know, I don't exactly. even think it was a specific thing that like drew me. Like I, I watched the Seth Aaron season. I wasn't particularly like turned away by it but mm-hmm. when the next season started i had gotten to the point where my dvr had compiled two episodes and i kind of didn't care to watch the first two so right. i was like i'm gonna take that as a sign <laughs> i'm just not gonna watch it i will say after watching the first episode of the season i'm in yeah i'm in for this season there's enough people that i really like and i forgot how much i loved having nina garcia and michael kors in my life yeah so. and it was I, it's a good cast i think it is a good cast i love the uh i don't remember anyone's names yet anya, I, I think her name is anya the one who allegedly can't sew learn to sew in four months learn to that, come up with that story to yeah, give herself was, an interesting storyline either that, that or fishy. she's a genius because sewing is hard well, Using a she, sewing machine is really hard and i say that pants. as someone who the yeah. only class i ever failed in high school was home ec <gasps> And you've never. I got a pity D. <laughs> That's how shitty I was. At I never learned how to thread a bobbin. Oh, that's now you know. World. Yeah, and she made pants like that's. And right. I didn't think those pants looked as great as they were. They said they looked a little weird in the crotch, but they. Other than that, they were well executed. I feel like this in this episode, they made a point to reward the people who made pants or made shorts. Uh, because I thought the two... Except the bottom two shorts. I thought the two prettiest outfits, and a lot of the times I will go for pretty rather than like, oh, you like code couture kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, um, Victor's black and white sort of trench dress. Yep. And uh, Feline did the the other, the dress with the puking clown <laughs> yeah. decal on the yes. side, which I really loved. And I liked how, because she had... The only thing interesting on what she was wearing, they had to make an a outfit out of their PJs and one bedsheet. Yes. And the only interesting thing on her whole outfit was this this uh, uh, decal of a clown puking rainbows into a toilet. Yeah, I'm so pretty she sure had, that's a threadless shirt. She had to include it because that was like, it was like uh, the guy who got eliminated. He had to yeah. include that scarf because it was right. the most interesting thing on his. And yeah. I liked the way she incorporated it sort of like on the on the bottom seam mm-hmm. on the side. I like yep. that. But I thought they, they didn't bother keeping them for consideration for uh, the win or the loss. They yeah. were sort of in that creamy middle. She was in the middle. Um, there's, there's a lot of that in the early going that you sort of forget about yes. where it's like, I wanted to hear more about that. Oh, yeah. no. Okay. So it seemed like maybe they didn't think the dresses were as impressive. Yeah. For, for whatever but they reason. like Bert's. Yes, they did. that's true. That was a dress. And that was I very pretty. I love Bert. Yeah. He's From great. the moment that he comes on, he's like, I'm Bert, I'm 102. No, I'm 57. Like, Bert, you're the greatest. Well, like, and and usually, not in that cute way where it's like, oh, he's old and he's got spunk. Like, and this is a could, show that usually casts older people mm-hmm. as that kind of, remember that guy Vincent? Oh, yeah, I was do. like middle-aged sure, I and do. bitter oh, and, and jerky and, ter- and, and not talented. terrible and not talented. And so I feel like this is a type that they haven't really cast, which is yeah. the older sort of 
you know, has the design life passed me by right. kind of guy. He's got a great backstory with his uh, with his friends dying of AIDS, his partner dying of AIDS. Yeah. And like, but also whole, that he's he got chops. Like he worked he with Bill Blass. He knew yes. what he was doing. Worked with Halston for yeah. Pete's sake. Like, yes. That's amazing. And when they showed his stuff and she was like, it's a little boring. I was like, that's fair. He said he was from DC. Like those fashions were very DC. Right. They were obviously the kind of thing that yeah. you wear to like, you know. Yeah. A, a state dinner where it's like yeah. it's dull and safe well you can tell he's still going to be challenged Michael Kors had the thing where he said he hated the styling on the yes. woman and that is true he sort of like had her hair styled really kind of bouffant make it look B- Brigitte Bardot <laughs> oh birds yeah. but I think he can but learn that's the thing he's got room to grow he's yes. not he's not sort of starting out on the top you know who my favorite is and I know he has the potential to get sort of annoying and bitchy and sort of like gay out in that way that Project Runway people do. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, is Anthony Ryan? I don't even remember who he is. He's Rockin' One. He's the guy. Who oh, had that him. Yeah, yeah. He, when you know when he came up and he was like, "Oh, I'm colorblind." I said to Dave, "If you're colorblind, you can't be a designer." <laughs> <laughs> I still kind of. But I by liked that. his explanation how he gets around there, where he works with patterns and he sure. works with textures, and I was like, I okay, guess. that's very interesting." I don't know. Um, we'll see. I don't know. And I, it's just I also liked, again, I don't remember like her na- her name. There was another girl who was like super convinced that she was going to win and then didn't and was really crabby about it. Oh, Laura, the blonde Barbie looking one? No, she had a braid. She had like oh, brown okay. hair, but yeah. she was in the back and they were like, you're safe. She was like, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Um, and I appreciate that. I, I'll say this. I'm, since the show has moved to Lifetime, they've tried a few weird things. Like they had the models of the runway spinoff, which right. I watched. Right. Um, but I think that they've, and an hour and a half is very, is long. It's longer than I like a reality show to be. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's padded. I feel like it's no. every, every bit seemed important. And admittedly, well, this in the is, first you know, episode, the first they have, one. there's a lot of administrative hoo-ha to get out of the way. You have to yeah. introduce everybody and go through the whole, that first round of cuts where they cut four people. That's true. So yeah. I thought that was fine. I think, so long as the show sticks to Tim, Heidi, Nina, Michael Kors, mm-hmm. I think it gets really dicey when it gets into guest judges. Yeah. I think that is the best judging panel on reality TV, even though Agreed, I will admit yeah. I'm not as enamored of Heidi as I used to be. I feel like she's sort of, she's now coasting on this kind of attitude care. thing. I love her. But she looks so good. She's so pretty. That is she's true. She's gorgeous. And especially next to Christina Ricci and her, by the way, lip filler cop. Oh, but I loved Christina Ricci. I thought <laughs> she, she was, was fine, but yeah. she's fucked up her lip. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Well, she's under arrest for lip fraud. <laughs> lip filler. She's in. Uh, she's in our holding cell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'm glad I got you back on board. Me too. So I'm we glad can talk you got me about back it on board. Yes, because it's a good show. Absolutely. Making its triumphant return after a couple <laughs> weeks off. I am happy to announce Kim is back with Yay! the most awesome yeah! thing she saw on TV last week. Hi, I'm Kim, and this is the most awesome thing I saw on TV last week. So the most awesome thing I saw on TV last week was an episode of Little House called Blanche. And this was the new beginning era of Little House, which is after pretty much everybody else left. And there's all these tangential characters. So Mr. Edwards is traveling the countryside like you do. And he meets this old guy who immediately dies. But before he dies, he makes Mr. Edwards promise to take care of his three-year-old, Blanche. Why this old guy's traveling around with a three-year-old, we don't really question. And Mr. Edwards promises to... And then he goes into the guy's wagon and he finds out Blanche is an orangutan. <laughs> and no questions really about why this guy in the middle of America is traveling around with an orangutan, but whatever, just go with it. And so yeah. Mr. Edwards takes Blanche home. And of course, you know, Blanche, the orangutan, uh, kisses Mrs. Olsen and shakes 
Manly's hand. It does all the sort of tricks you would have an orangutan do if you had one, which I wish I did. <laughs> and so Mr. Edwards decides he's going to write letters to zoos to find some place for Blanche to go. And then he leaves the house to mail the letters and tells Blanche to stay in bed. And she says she will. Well, she doesn't say she will because she's an orangutan. She nods her head vigorously and makes funny faces. And then as soon as he's gone, she totally gets out of bed, drinks all his liquor, and trashes the house. So she's sort of like the Guns and Roses of orangutans. And then uh, he really needs to find a home and so he I guess goes to visit a zoo it was a little unclear and uh, Jenny played by Shannon Doherty says well I'll take Blanche to school of course because what one room schoolhouse doesn't need an orangutan and the teacher's like absolutely and she gives a lesson about orangutans because one room schoolhouse teachers in pioneer days certainly would know all about those and then at recess Nancy who's the new Nellie Olson gets mad because Blanche won't throw the ball so she slaps Blanche and Blanche slaps Nancy back and of course Mrs. Olson throws a huge fit and says you must put that animal down and so Mr. Edwards is like okay I guess he's back from the zoo now and he takes (laughs) Blanche off to a nearby field and all the kids are watching like wouldn't they heard the kids inside but whatever he shoots Blanche Blanche falls to the ground end of episode right no they were faking it and so then Blanche goes to stay at Jenny's house. She's going to hide her. And so Jenny is babysitting for Rose, Laura Nelmanzo's daughter. And Jenny goes out to the barn to get more milk. And Rose starts a fire because that's what babies do. And Blanche (laughs) leads the baby to safety. And everybody's like, Blanche is a hero. Uh, Except not really. The sheriff comes back to be like, hey, I thought I told you to kill that animal. And uh, at the last minute, Jenny shows up with somebody from the zoo. And Blanche is saved. Hooray! (laughs) And that was the most awesome thing I saw on TV last week. Wow. A lot happened in there. Jesus Christ. Wow. (laughs) Good one, Kim. Yeah. I just have something to add. I don't want to steal Kim's segment or Thunder. Mm -hmm. But the most awesome thing I saw last week Uh, was an ABC Family original movie called Cyberbully. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which I don't want to ruin it because it's about to be rerun. It's going to be on TV this Sunday, August 7th. Um, I read it was going to be at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. So make sure that you set your DVR, watch Cyberbully. You are going to learn a lot. You are not going to learn anything. Well, the way you put it in a nutshell is that it was obviously written by somebody who's never been on the internet and just reading things about the internet. Someone who's never been online but has watched a lot of 60-minute scare segments about the dangers of the internet. I kind of want to watch this episode of Little House in the Prairie. (laughs) One is I'm wondering if this was around the time of Any Which Way loose oh yeah sure. yeah the orangutan boom yeah American exactly culture. yeah and here's love affair with and here's orangutan. a weird a weird uh, story from probably when i was like six or seven uh little house on the prairie was on like every afternoon uh-huh. at yeah. some point probably after school i guess mm-hmm. yeah. and they had a commercial for coming this week on little house on the prairie and then like the whole house exploded <laughs> it was like some episode where the house on little house on prairie is dynamited or something i don't know if somebody can Whoa. tell me what happened but yeah. i was like holy shit i gotta watch that things exploded <laughs> and every it was the friday episode but i didn't know that so oh, i no. watched five oh. episodes i a seven-year-old boy <laughs> watched five episodes of yeah. Little House on Prairie just to watch the house blow up. Wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. My Timey Triumph's a good one. Um, so last week after we did the podcast with Jesse, where Jesse talked about the Melrose Place episode, I went home and I continued to sort of flip around on Netflix Instant and sort of watch <laughs> yeah, random Melrose Place episodes from random seasons. And I sort of tweeted about stuff. Yeah, and- you got to follow Joe. J-O-E. 
R-E-I-D on That's Twitter. True. Uh, Al- Allison's alcoholism arc was particularly delicious. <laughs> um, but so I found the one episode where Jake begins his romance from the rebound from Amanda with... Uh, with Kathy Ireland, and that was when I first started watching the show, and I'd totally forgotten that Kathy Ireland was on it. It was probably the first thing. It was probably before she was even in that re- Necessary Roughness movie. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted about that, of course, and it was like, Kathy Ireland's putting on an acting clinic here on Melrose Place. <laughs> and then almost a week later, I'm on the train to Buffalo on Thursday, and I'm checking my Twitter, and what do I see? I get an at reply from Kathy Ireland, <laughs> who must have Googled her or oh, yeah. searched her name, because it's not like I at yeah. Kathy Ireland and her or anything. Mm-hmm. But she goes, thank goodness there's no litigation claim for bad acting i would be in trouble lol thank you for making me smile today (laughs) kathy ireland which is seriously it's so stupid but it's the coolest thing that's ever happened to me on twitter like honest to god that's pretty good yeah that's 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 pretty good kathy ireland i I had something wonderfully frosted hair not as not as good and this isn't my tiny triumph but my sister tweeted at me trying to ask me who a a, hey it's that guy was Uh they'd seen him on some show they were like he was maybe a football player on 90210 he had a mole and i said oh that's definitely Michael Cudlitz oh, she right. was like oh yeah because they saw him in a rerun of Criminal Minds or something and then he must have been searching his name because he also at replied nice. like yep that was me except the mole is gone so I at uh-huh. I, I retweeted it to Leah to be like look who was googling himself last night and he was like guilty so he was like <laughs> he was cool about it that's cool anyway I have an even tinier triumph than Joe's tiny triumph which is not so tiny um Joe's wasn't, mine is. It was uh, Jimmy Pardo's birthday last week, fellow podcaster, uh, creator of Never Not Funny. True. And um, so they, they did a thing called Pardo Day where people were going to tweet things that they would do, um, you know, in, in honor of Jimmy Pardo, the sure. Jimmy-isms. And mine was uh, happy birthday to Jimmy Pardo. Happy 38th birthday to Jimmy Pardo. Oh, 45? You look great. I thought you were 38, which is a classic Jimmy line. And anyway, they retweeted some of their favorite Pardo day things, and mine was one of them. I will say, I can't even imagine the Jimmy. Yes, I'm sure that was there. Yeah. They they hit on all of them. Hot sandwich, hard shoe. They got them all. Nice. Good. Yeah. It's not a competition, but Joe, you won Tiny Triumph this week. <laughs> for sure. Yes! All right, everybody, it's time for the canon, and we have a submission from Beth. Now, sit down and get ready, because we've integrated all the sound clips into her submission, so we'll see you in about seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone at Extra Hot Great. This is Beth calling from Sacramento, California, and I have a submission for the canon. It's an episode of 30 Rock. I know you already have one, but I have to try because I really feel strongly about Season 2, Episode 4, the episode known as Rosemary's Baby. I think that this is a particularly great episode of 30 Rock because all three story arcs are strong. There aren't any weak links or annoying characters. And the stunt casting works, which is commendable because right around this time, they were stunt casting everyone, and it often was terrible. Jerry Seinfeld. So the A plot of this story evolves around Liz Lemon hiring her childhood idol Rosemary to be a guest writer on the show. Hilarity ensues when we realize that Rosemary is a terrible writer and her idea of comedy is racism and abortion. We open on a New Orleans abortion clinic. A beautiful mulatto. I don't think we're allowed to use any of those words. Why not? It's live television. I mean, we used to say and no, you didn't. 
Did you? We did. We pushed the envelope. Remember the mailbox sketch that shocked America? There's nothing wrong here. Mailbox falls over. Don't you get it? The mailbox was Haldeman. <laughs> is, is that a person who lived? She's so terrible that Jack orders Liz to fire her, but Liz, in a, I don't know, misguided sense of solidarity, quits her job. And the climax of the story is when Liz goes to visit Rosemary in her house in, oh, house, in her tiny little crap ball apartment in Little Chechnya and realizes that Rosemary is a crazy drunk person. You know, I, I think I should, I should go home before it gets dark. You can't abandon me, Liz. You are me. No, I'm not you. Really? You pick up guys that are smart and funny and they leave you for someone less complicated. You're never going to get married, Liz. You're married to your job. <gasps> oh, my God. I lost my job. You're just like me. You get up in the morning and smoke weed. No, I don't. You obsess about the Jamaican man across the hall. Oh, my God. I lost my job. You wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for me. I broke barriers for you. I really have to go. I sat around while my junk went bad. All for you. I didn't have any kids. You're my kid. You're my kid that never calls. Yikes. Help me, Liz Lemon. You're my only hope. Cheap joke, cheap joke. And Liz <laughs> flees the scene, gets her job back, and vows to give Rosemary money every month until Rosemary dies. The second plot evolves Jenna and Kenneth. Jenna accidentally burns Kenneth's page uniform. And in order to get it back, she needs to visit Donnie the Page. Look, you obviously know who I am. But what you don't know is that I accidentally damaged Kenneth Parcell's page jacket Shh. and... Really? Mr. Perfect, Mr. Jesus loves me Parcell, finally messed up. <laughs> Do you know how long I've been waiting to transfer that thumb head to CNBC in Paramus, New Jersey? But you can't transfer someone without a demerit. Yeah. Oh boy, here's what we're gonna do. You've probably never seen breasts before. So I'm going to lean over this desk, and you're going to give me a new page jacket. Please. I breastfed till I was 11. <laughs> so I've forgotten more about a woman's chest than you'll ever know. But I'm on TV. I said good day. No, you didn't. Well, I meant to. <laughs> Donnie the Page uh, is insane. Donnie the Page is played by Paul Shear, and Donnie challenges Jenna and Kenneth to a page-off in order to get a new jacket. A page-off? What's that? It's a savage contest, mixing physical stamina with NBC trivia. What's a page-off? Your monkey's pretty stupid. <gasps> you want a page-off? You got it, freak. Winner take all. <laughs> Lady running on Hall of the Bell. <laughs> the conclusion of the arc involves Pete wandering into the basement where the page-off is taking place. What the hell is going on down here? The phones are ringing off the hook. There's no one seeing the Conan audience. Get back to work, you morons. <laughs> Pete, wait. You don't understand. I ruined Kenneth's jacket and he needs to get a new one but can't have any demerits, so we had to have a page off. <laughs> what, are you kidding me? This is a billion-dollar company. Demerits? Donnie, give Kenneth a damn jacket. 
finally, the third plot, and really the reason why this episode needs to be canonized immediately, is when Jack gets angry with Tracy for constantly disobeying him. And Jack orders Tracy to go to therapy, where we find out that Tracy has some daddy issues, and in order to help him work through them, Jack plays the part of Tracy's father, mother, and assorted sundry neighbors from uh, Tracy's youth. I want to talk to you, son. You sound nothing like my dad. Well, where's he from? All I know is he's from funky North Philly. He worked in a Campbell soup factory, and he had a droopy lip due to an unattended root canal. I think I can do this. Okay, go. I'm mad at you, Dad. Hey, dummy. I'm mad at you, too. <laughs> Why you gotta act out that way? Uh, that's not exactly what I had. Because you left me, Dad. I was young and confused, <laughs> and your mom didn't want me around no more. Now pass me them damn collard greens. Is this true, Mom? He gambled away my welfare check. Woman! I got a mind to smack you upside the head. Uh, this is not helpful. Be me now. I only act out because I want your love. That don't mind. I think we're just doing good times now. Now, do the white dude that my mom's left my dad for. Now, now see here, Tracy. It's impolite to slurp one soup. Oh, no need to resort to ugly stereotypes. It is a intensely amazing performance <laughs> by Alec Baldwin. It's risky. And he nails it. He gets it pregnant. So, really, that scene with the role playing is truly the reason why this episode should be canonized. But honestly, I just think it's a really strong episode, and I would like you to consider it. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. Well argued, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, the, the role playing scene, that clip sort of cuts off right before my secret favorite part of that, which is, uh, Mrs. Rodriguez the from the upstairs neighbor. <laughs> Hi, Poppy. Cayate. Like, oh, it's so funny. I wanted to play the whole thing. But oh, it was like it's, so it's really long. It's on forever, but it's, I was, uh, it's on the internet. You, you know, find it. in the hopeful distant future when Alex Baldwin leaves us yes. for the afterlife. Or the mayorship of New York. Or for the, <laughs> I really hope wah, his wah. memorial reel at the Oscars or Emmy <laughs> will be this scene. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be fantastic? You mean our yes. neighbor, Alec Baldwin? Yes, our neighbor. Who I, our who good I, neighbor. Who, who I see at the gym all the time. Four, four units up from us. That's right. In the same building, but same street. Yep. That's right. We live on... On the, his block. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. First of all, thank you. Thank you, Beth. Yes. We, he, we are allowed to have more than one episode of a show in Absolutely. the canon, and we certainly have like 15 Simpsons by do. now. Um, but I appreciate your, uh, I don't know, conscientiousness, I sure. guess. Yeah. The other, the only thing that she doesn't cover in this, in this, uh, excellent case is, um, the, the thing that sort of bookends the episode with, which is Liz getting the followship award, yeah. right? which is sort of speaks to a larger theme of the show, which is how much Liz basically is always wrong and Jack is always right yeah. and is always teaching her how to be better. Yeah. And and the fact that you know she wins she wins the thing at the beginning. They think it's a fellowship award at first. Her she hates people. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, that Jack has to explain to her, "You're not Rosemary, even though she was your hero, because that woman is unemployable." Yeah. Right. So so Liz is sort of like it's it's as a, as a working woman, it's it, a constantly interesting um, portrayal of that life. I guess. Yeah. In in Liz, especially this early on, I can't believe this episode is only from season two. Yeah, that's no. when we were going. I thought for sure I, this I was felt three. it feels yeah. more yeah. like it's from a more established time for the it show. It was a very very strong episode. I it's 
uh, beyond what you said, which is a great observation about the, it sort of furthered the Liz Jack sort of, that was the burgeoning story, certainly mm-hmm. of the first two seasons that has become such a strong foundation of the show. Yeah. Um, had really good observations about sort of the business of television, the business of comedy when Jack sort of rushes Rosemary out of his office and he pulls Liz aside and he's like, never make me speak to a woman that old again. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and really great, like, New York observations. The thing, all thing about Little Chechnya. And, yeah. Oh, it's so gritty. It's got more murders per capita than any area in the rest of the country. Like, like I have a gun? Yes, but don't yeah, worry. Totally he's not, not a cop. cop. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, that Haldeman mailbox joke might be my favorite, like, joke joke of the entire uh, series and then there's that great callback later yeah. where yes. Liz says to Jack like you're acting just like the mailbox in the sketch and he goes I'm gonna I assume that's a that's a Haldeman <laughs> reference and take that as a compliment like who it does a Haldeman great. joke in 2000 whatever it's eight that really was. true it was great the other thing that I wanted to mention too is that in with regard to the Alec Baldwin multi-performance tour de force yes. is that that I re-watched last week they re-ran the Queen of Jordan episode for oh this I past saw season. Ham, and, uh, ham, ham. Uh, I just want to be part of it. Thanks. <laughs> was uh, that Liz at some point tries to put on a black scent, and yeah. and um, and um, Angie has to turn around and tell her, "Don't do impressions of other races." <laughs> but it's mostly because Liz is not as talented. That's true. As Alec Baldwin uh, or Jack Donaghy. Ah, uh, so good. Um, for me, the uh, just just to speak to the possible weakness of the episode, sure. just to be fair, uh, I I found the page plot was sort of not that funny, but had a great personal payoff for me because, as you know, uh, Pete is my favorite character from the show. It was a good Pete moment, I do know and that. Pete is his best when he's like exasperated, you yeah. know, yeah. where he's just like at his wits. Well, end. and it was a rare moment where he got to sort of exert authority without yeah. falling on his face. So I was like, oh, go Pete! It's, like it's, that's good. He has a lot of similarities with Marge Simpson and how uh-huh. I approach how I like the character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other thing about that is that this was still at the point in Thirty Rock where yes. it wasn't as cartoonish as it is now, yeah. yes. and that it, you know that that page off whole plot could have been. No, that is a real thing. Right. And then they decide at certain moments to undercut it with, no, that's absurd. Yeah. Like, yeah. even in this universe, well, we're going to say that's enough. And I love how they they poke fun at the page program because it yes. really is like, and I know, like, I know people who have, like, made it through the page program and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's just like, but it's still such a sort of silly to think of institution. Yes. That they sort of dress these dweebs up in jackets <laughs> and make them, like, yes. put people on tours and stuff like that. It's very mm-hmm. funny. You know, I... I I think I met like two pages while we worked at 30 Rock and they yeah. didn't, neither one of them seemed very happy about their, their <laughs> lot in life. Yeah. It's, it's they were those, getting college credit. They had to see yeah, the Conan exactly. audience. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But the, just the moment with Pete, this is a billion dollar company. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That yeah. works. That, That's great. So that, that was like, eh, until the end, it was like, okay, you kind of won me back on mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. And the other observation I have about this episode, and I think Beth really covered most of it, was that I really kind of admire how Carrie Fisher puts herself out. Not in this episode, yep. but just generally. Yes. Like she's kind of a crazy loon, I think. You she's know, a she fun it. crazy loon. She, exactly. Yeah. But she's the right kind of crazy loon, right? She is. Yeah. yeah. And so yes. I, I thought she took a character that a lot of people, I think, might not have. You know, And she yeah. took it willingly and really yes. put, put, put everything into it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that's it, right? I think we got this covered. This oh my is so god! Good. Yes, yeah. Yeah. one of my very favorite Thirty Rock episodes. And she, right. But she's and she's a hundred percent right for that for the Jack moment alone. Yeah, yeah. It has. If it you has haven't to be. seen this episode, definitely seek it out. Yeah. And even if you're only going to watch three minutes, just fast yep. forward to the end until the therapy. 
right at near the end and yep. watch yeah. uh, you know Alex Baldwin's. But it helps that the rest of the episode is also it is very great and very super satisfying. Strong episode. Well, I got a feeling the way uh, this is going to go, but let's make it official. Joe. Yes. Tara. Yes. I say yes too. Okie dokie, 30 Rock, Rosemary's Baby from season two. I forget what episode it is. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Canon. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. It's time for winner and loser of the week. And who is our winner? Uh, winner's a collective winner. And if you'll excuse a little sentimentality, my winners of the week are everybody involved in the pop-up chapel endeavor in New York City. I was sadly out of town this past weekend and it killed me because I really, really would have loved to have been a part of this or at least just been on hand to see it um, real quickly. What it was, was a group of New Yorkers, including Tara Ariano and Dave Cole. Yeah. Uh got together and performed 24 same-sex weddings in one afternoon in glorious Columbus Circle in New York City. Um, Bex Schwartz and Josh French were the uh, ringleaders of this whole thing, but yep. uh, podcast And they did guests, the most work. I don't want to take anything away yep. from them. They were they were the prime movers of this we, project. We were brought in uh, late in the process. Very late. Yeah. Um, if you want to go online and read some accounts of it, uh, podcast guest Lindsay Robertson had a fantastic one. Tyler Coates mm-hmm. has a great one. Dave has some fantastic photos up on uh, Clark.org about it. It's really just like it's – I'm – proud to know people who were involved in it and it was really beautiful and really even from somebody who had wasn't didn't get to be there just reading about it and looking at the photos it was just incredibly heartwarming we can i can make the pop culture tenuous tie-in i was about to disqualify <laughs> it for not being involved with pop it's, culture Jeff. it's about pop culture i run a tight style here, sections. if i brought that up dave would dave would have thrown me out by would now. this sort of would this not appear in a style section Joe, yes, it would. Joe had the presence of mind to, not to mention this beforehand. I was about I will to put that to the court. <laughs> it He's did a smart have man. it did have some pop culture elements, though. Rory O'Malley, who's yep. a Tony nominee and, and one of the stars of the Book of Mormon, uh, appeared and spoke. He's one of the founders of Broadway Impact, which is a was another mm-hmm. uh, big force in the fight to get gay marriage passed here in New York State. Mm-hmm. He was there. Elizabeth Stanley was there, thanks to past podcast guest Mark Blankenship, his partner nice. Andrew Byrne. Um, I, I reached out to Andrew and he recommended Elizabeth. He knew her from from Broadway circles sure. and she sang. And Mike Doty also sang The Book of Love. Great song. Um, and our uh, our friend Dave Holmes, yeah. prolific tweeter, um, and recently in the news because of the 30th anniversary of, of MTV, MTV and right. great um, post on EW.com. Uh, he was the MC, so he announced the couples as they came out, and he did an amazing job. You should follow him on Twitter as well, at yeah. Dave Holmes. Yep. It was a great day. That whole process made it really hard to maintain my professional anti-sentimentality. Because <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. Oh, and the photos was, that came in really after emotional. when we started it seeing them from photographers that, yeah. you know, that volunteered. Uh, yeah, they definitely pull on pull on your heartstrings. Yeah, Dave. Dave's job was to um, to recruit and vet and organize yeah. and deploy the yeah. uh, the team of t- it was twelve photographers, right? Was, yeah. Over the no, course, no more of the, than eighteen. Eighteen photographers yeah. over the course of the day, and they they did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so if you want to find out more, go to Pop Up Chapel. It's already happened, but if you yes, want to see it was on the photos, but and the read stories, about it and look at the photos, you will not regret it. Yeah. I'm no, honestly it was great. Popupchapel.com and uh, well, well, links in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so who's our who's our loser? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like a loser. Happy to follow that. Uh, loser of the week is Julia Roberts because she did an ad for Lancome that was so 
egregiously photoshopped beyond print almost ad. human recognition oh, print God. ad that England banned it. Oh, no. Uh, the UK has very strict oh, rules no. about retouching in photos, and they were like, nope. And uh, they awesome. yanked it, and um, she is probably a hideous troll, I guess. Yeah, to well, be that's Julia Roberts. That <laughs> Jeez, well, coming stank. on the heels of that ridiculous Vanity Fair cover that I still talk about, it was like oh my three God. years old, where it looked I like know the one her head about. was placed atop a knee ridiculous. of some sort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was we, bad. Look at it. I'll, it we'll find bad. that for it the show bad. notes, because it's ridiculous. It's <laughs> All right, guys, that was weird. All right, <laughs> let's cover the rest of the week in the rest of the week. John Hamm joins IFC's The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret, giving us a reason to consider giving another shot to The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret. When it came to the second season of The Walking Dead, Frank Darabont got busy dying. Kevin Smith is working on a deal to host a daytime talk show. Remember when he was silent, Bob? We didn't know how good we had it. Nope. Boardwalk Empire star and shopping enthusiast (laughs) Paz de la Huerta is reportedly directing herself in an upcoming feature film. The title of the film will be, Does my sexy baby voice make you feel weird and disgusting, baby? Shopping. How long have you been working on that impression? A while. <laughs> um, community stunt casts three new profs, Michael K., Omar Little Williams, John Goodman, and Martin Starr. And if the show's producers are going to go with full will and grace, at least we can give them credit for lining up people who are amazing. Yeah. I'm sorry, can we get that one for me? <laughs> I believe it was. Does my sexy baby voice make you feel weird and disgusting, baby? <laughs> uh, BET cancels Monique's talk show, which should free her up to take the Miss Hannigan role in the new Annie starring Willow Smith, which is really the only thing that makes sense if you think about it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, according to Godwin's Law, the upcoming Doctor Who, where he saves Hitler, is going to be worse than Hitler. <laughs> nope. Joe Pesci sues producers of a proposed John Gotti biopic for reneging on his deal after he had gained 30 pounds for the role. Producers must be grateful that Pesci is seeking redress through the courts as opposed to uh, other means. Nope. NBC is developing a new sitcom with Will and Grace star Sean Hayes. What, like a single-camera faux documentary about the the behind-the-scenes goings-on of a Just Jack comeback special? Nope! Did I just talk myself into that one? Yup! Lady Gaga slams Tim Gunn for saying Hillary Clinton dresses like a man. Uh Uh-oh, looks like we spoke too soon about that whole gay civil war! Yup! Another week, another Michigan J. Frog on the fate of the Arrested (laughs) Development movie. This time from Will Arnett, who says it is definitely, probably, either happening or not. Nope. All right, it's time for our Joe Hug update. Oh, God. Joe, I need to ask, have you been hugged by Busy Phillips yet? Yeah, you were in Buffalo. We don't know what you got. I was was in Buffalo for about three or four days. Um, I looked around. Best of my knowledge, she was still in L.A., so... I'm going to give her a pass. Don't still no hug. Uh, all right. Well, everybody, you know the score. If you have a connection, no matter how far <laughs> and distant it seems, God. get people to talk to people to talk to people. And next week, we're going to have news on how we're stepping up this endeavor. Oh, my endeavor. God. I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so embarrassed. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. You know what time it is? Game what time. It's game time. <laughs> Hey, did that audio sound abrupt for no particular reason? That's because we had a catastrophe. <laughs> we had Castrati's walk in here and create a catastrophe. He walked into the room. 
He filled my hard disk up with photos from his trip to Mississauga a few weeks ago and made a disk too slow error appear on GarageBand. So we ended up recording a whole game time not knowing that it wasn't recorded. So we're back with an all new game time for Tara and Joe. And I'm going to repurpose the game time that we didn't record for some sort of audience participation slash bonus thing slash we'll figure it out soon. Yep. So uh, with apologies to uh, that game time author... Let's move on to the next one. All right. We'll make it up to him. All right. So you guys ready to play? Yep. Here we go. It's the third game time of the season. It yes. seems like it's the fourth. <laughs> it's the it's third. third. It's nearly the third. Our standings are tied at one apiece. This week we are playing It's Business Time. <laughs> it's business. Oh. It's business time from our old friend Doug. Hey. You may remember Doug, I believe, from the Man's Best Friend game time with nice. the dogs. That sounds right. Nice. I think. Um, here's how it's going to work. You will take turns picking questions from 1 to 30. I'm going to read you the title of a business. For two points, you tell me the TV show it's from. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's business time is going to be going through my it's head. It's totally going through my head. For the entire game, throwing me off my game. Not that I'm making a pre-excuse or anything. You can ask for a clue in the form of the type of business, after which the correct answer is worth one point. Are we ready to play? It's business. It's business time. All right. Tara, you are picking first. 19. Your business is... Cogswell Cogs. Mm. The Jetsons. Correct. Joe. Uh, 17. Number 17. Red Eagle. <laughs> Acme. Acme? Acme. Looney Tunes. Correct for two points. And associated Looney Tunes Very properties. nice. Uh, 30. Number 30. Sitwell Industries. Arrested Development. Nice. Correct. Joe. Um, three. Number three, Globex Corporation. Globex Corporation is The Simpsons. No, it is. It Thanks, is. Scorpio. Scorpio. Oh right. Yeah. I was thinking Mr. Show. Ooh, no, that would have been a Globo Cam. Ooh. It's Pit Pat. Yeah. I apologize, Joe. Uh, oh dear. All right. Uh, eleven. Number eleven, Oceanic Airlines. Lost. There we go. Everybody's getting two points. Uh. Joe. 20. Number 20, McDuck Industries. <laughs> uh, uh, DuckTales? Correct. 21. Number 21, Strickland. Strickland. King of the Hill. Correct. Oh. Look at this. One. <laughs> Number one, Primatech. Oh, fuck me. Um, Remember, you can ask for a hint in the form of the type of business. Primatech. Primatech. Hint. The business is the paper business. Oh, the office? Heroes. Heroes. That's where the uh, fuck off. God damn it! <laughs> Shit! Wow. So bad. I so should have gotten that. Tara-esque reaction I from Joe. So should have gotten that. Oh, I'm so mad. Uh, <laughs> they only said it once every fucking episode. Wow. <laughs> it's Remember when we were talking about Pop Up Chapel and all the love? <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Uh, All right, two, Tara. 22. Number 22, Blue Sun Corporation. Hint. Universal Dominance. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Mm, Farscape nope. or some shit. Close. Wow. Doctor Who? Firefly. Uh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. No, that is some shit. Sure. <laughs> 28. Number 28. Buy more. <sighs> buy more. What TV show is the business buy more from? Buy more. Hints? Electronics. Oh, Chuck. Correct for one point. He had to noodle it, but then he got it. Yes. 23. Number 23. Mode. Perhaps mode. (laughs) Uh, It's a fashion magazine? It is a fashion magazine on Ugly Betty. Yeah, what's your answer? Oh, 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 oh. Ugly Betty, duh. (laughs) I forgot. Sorry. I thought it was. Uh, uh, you were gonna talk yourself out of the door. No, 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 ugly Betty. Sorry, sorry, That's sorry. Bullshit. Yeah, stupid. All right, Joe. Number nine. Number nine. Wayne Enterprises. Um, the Batman series of adventures. Yes, we'll give that to you. Various Batman. All right, Tara. How many points do you have? Ten. Joe, how many points do you have? Nine. Very close game, Tara. What's your eight? Number eight. Blush. Just shoot me. Correct. Nice, nice Paul. Uh, 27. Number 27, Luthor Corp. The Superman series of adventures. Smallville. I don't... Smallville. Correct. My it answer is Smallville. Is Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> it's Smallville, and you know it's Smallville. <laughs> seven. Number seven, Vandalay Industries. Seinfeld. Nice. Seinfeld is correct. Uh, Joe. Deuce. Oh, uh, Mom Corp. Mom Corp, Futurama. Whoa! Yeah, the one points. episode of Futurama <laughs> I've ever seen comes into play. Um, 29. Number 29, Sweetums. Parks and Recreation. Nice. Correct. 10. Number 10, Massive Dynamic. Massive. I wonder if he'll get this. <laughs> Massive Dynamic. Massive Dynamic is fringe. Correct. Um, six. Number six, Shineheart Wig Corporation. <laughs> nice. 30 Rock. Correct. This is like the my highest scoring. I know, ever. right? Both of us. Jeez, you don't think you would think? Oh, companies from right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, they play such a pivotal they role. Do. They really do. Twenty-four. Number twenty-four. Okay, here's a toughie. First toughie of the game. Damn it! And it comes to me. Dunder Mifflin. <gasps> I take it back. The Office. Which one? American Office. <laughs> uh, twenty-five. Number twenty-five. Rock, slate, and gravel. The Flintstones. Correct. Uh, number 13. Number, I'm sorry, 13? 13. Goliath National Bank. Goliath National Bank. Bank. Who works at a bank? Remember, if you're not feeling sure, you can ask I for know. a clue. I should ask for a clue. It didn't Isn't rhyme. Isn't going to be bank? I was going to say. <laughs> What's that? If it's bank, oh my god! I'm, if I ask for a clue and it's bank, I'm gonna be. It's, no. it's gonna be I, bank. I will obviously. tell you, there's no clues that are disappointing in that way in this game. Okay, clue. Okay, Goliath National Bank is in the business of a evil and b tennis ball fuzz. Evil and tennis ball fuzz. Oh, why is that not helping me? <laughs> Goliath National Bank in the business of evil and tennis ball fuzz, and we're we're calling it. Hi, met your mother. Oh, bad yeah. night for you. It's a bad night for me and how I met your mother. That's true. <laughs> All right. Um, 26. Number 26. The business is nice. Extreme blue. Oh, clone high. Nice. Right. Kudos to Doug for that one. Yeah. Four. Number four. Ewing. Oh, Dallas. Correct. All right. Let's pause. 
for a little score break. Tara? 22. Joe? 19. Wow. This is definitely nice. All right. Next number, please. Uh, 18. Number 18. Binford. Binford. Home improvement. Wow. Uh, Good one. Nice. Uh, 15. Number 15. Lucky Aid. Lucky Lucky Aid. Aid? A-D-E? Yeah. A-D-E-E. Like Gatorade, but Lucky Aid? No, A-I-D-E. Oh. Yeah. Supermarket. Roseanne? Is it Raising Hope? No, it's... uh, Yeah, that's what I would have thought, but it's Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, Yeah. Close. Yeah, going back. <clears throat> Remember when people used to watch Malcolm in the Middle? Remember so that bad. that one six month period, yeah. and then it was like oh, on really for another it, seven it? years. Seriously, yeah. yeah. Um, five. Number five, ISIS. Oh, ISIS. Jesus, Archer. I was gonna yell at you. Oh a my lot. god, a lot. That was it. A surprising pregnant <laughs> pause there. It hasn't been on for a while, you guys. Um, we must be nearing the end of our. Yeah, we have three one, left. Two, okay. three. Oh my god, and it's the same three as in the Floss game that it Weird. That's the funny. numbers, Tara, the oh. numbers. <laughs> Floss game, same numbers. What? <sighs> you guys, we've been dead. What's in this batch of questions to come? <laughs> 14. Wernheim Hog. Wormham Hog, sorry. Wernham Hog. Oh. Um. Wernham Hog. This isn't the UK office, is it? Is that your answer? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. These are our last two questions, correct? Yes. Correct. And the scores are, Tara? 26. 21. All right. Tara? 12. Number 12. Prescott Pharmaceuticals. The Colbert Report. Correct. And finally, Joe? 16. Number 16. Sterling Cooper. Sterling Cooper... Now my brain is blanking. Sterling Cooper. Sterling Cooper. Sterling Cooper. Sterling Cooper Draper Price, Madman. <laughs> wow. I know, right? That was a real... Uh, you uh, saw my brain at work. You that saw was a total who wants to be... Be millionaire top, top through. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Final scores, Artar? 28. And Joe? 23. I have a proposal for you both. Yes. Our last game time, Joe won. Tara won this one. Uh-huh. I say this week... You both get a point. All right. I will accept your points. Okay. So our winners are, get ready for this, Uh-oh. ears. <laughs> Don't break the computer. <laughs> Tara. Nice. <laughs> that's like row, row, row your boat in rounds. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We set our favorite fan on the course to cure Hollywood and moseyed on up to the forgettable Cowboys and Aliens. We talked Project Runway, celebrated two tiny triumphs, and inducted 30 Rock's Rosemary's Baby into the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week, ran down the rest of the week, and everybody was a winner of this week's game time, <laughs> except for GarageBand. <laughs> you can comment on our site, on Facebook, and on Twitter. You can send us your game time ideas, your canons, your I am not a crackpot, whatever you'd like, just send it to us. Go to extrahotgrade.com for details on how to do all that. Remember, we're listening. <laughs> I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariano, Extreme Blue. And Joe Reed. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week right here on Extra 
hot grate. It's finally over, Miss Maroney. Yes. And it's hard to even remember how it all began. You burnt my jacket.